The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on September 2nd, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, President Trump and Kevin Warren spoke yesterday on the phone. I'm sitting here laughing and shaking my head. Bax, do you think momentum is building for an October start to Big Ten football? Doesn't that sound like a mad lib, right? President Trump talks to Commissioner Kevin Warren about pandemic testing. If we had said that in 2019, we would have looked at each other like we were nuts. And that's the world we're living in right now. Uh, look, people, there's some people out there who are going to hear the word Trump or hear the word Biden and recoil. Look, we have to talk about this. This is directly to do with football. So I think this is a massive, massive moment for changing the situation behind the vote. What the president apparently talked with the commissioner about was uh, that the United States of America has committed to purchasing a gigantic number of doses with federal funds for these rapid tests that are the 15-minute results that, that, you know, you can get at home. You don't have to send it into a lab or anything like that. So by definition, the president guaranteeing the Big Ten access to these tests when they come out in October changes the ability for these programs to properly test and isolate anybody who does come down with a case of COVID. This is a big change. This is certainly a different change from where the presidents were when they voted on uh, deciding to essentially cancel fall football. There is absolutely momentum to this change right now. And what you're seeing is the President Trump taking advantage of the biggest infighting I've ever seen in a conference. This almost makes the Big 12's expansion foibles look reasonable with the way the Big 10 is right now. You've got some of the high-level administrators who are terrified of playing leaking through various sources like Nicole Auerbach, essentially using her as a mouthpiece for their own agenda, while the rest of the people in the Big 10 who want to play, the athletic directors, the coaches, some of the presidents who've actively campaigned against playing are telling the exact opposite. And now you have the president of the United States involved. The reality is, is at this point, the general consensus is that the public is beyond outraged. They believe that there's a lot more going on than just 
caring about the well-being of the student athlete, seeing Central Arkansas play Austin Pay, and both of them end up having zero COVID tests after a football game, kind of serves a pretty good lesson that this is a, a, a premature decision if we're being charitable towards the process. So there is certainly momentum to get football back as soon as possible. Whether October ends up happening or not, is entirely dependent on whether the Big Ten presidents and commissioner are willing to swallow their pride and get to the correct decision, which is to let them play. I don't know about you, Dave, but I cannot think of a single logical reason related to football that we would be able to, to play on Thanksgiving, but not on October 10th. I just don't see it. I don't believe it's out there. I think that if you say you're able to play on Thanksgiving, you're able to play in October. In fact, if anything, it's dumber to start on Thanksgiving than it is on October based upon the anticipation of the arrival of flu season and potentially COVID strengthening because we don't know if it's seasonal or not. You want to talk about an unknown that makes sense? That's one. So at this point, I think momentum is strongly building. Whether or not it happens, you know, it still has to happen for me to believe it. But I do think that we're much more realistic of a chance of getting football back in time for Ohio State to potentially be part of the college football playoff picture than we were a week ago. There's a ton of momentum behind the scenes. Whether it's enough momentum with the right people remains to be seen. Yeah, as you alluded to, we're living in a world where Central Arkansas and Austin P were able to safely play football, zero positive COVID tests, but we're told it's unsafe for the Big Ten to play football. We have high school football went off with pretty much without a hitch Friday night in Ohio. Last week, we're going to have high school football again. We have middle school football. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, now, on this call yesterday, pretty much right afterwards, Trump said on Twitter, quote, we're at the one-yard line as far as the Big Ten being able to play. Hopefully he means um, <laughs> the good one-yard line, not backed up against your, old goal, your own goal line, ready to punch it in with a QB sneak at the one-yard line, not – needing a Tony Dorsett 99-yard run with 10 men on the field, uh, one-yard line. But uh, obviously he meant um, knocking on the doorstep to score a touchdown one-yard line. But the Big Ten came out – I mean, they said it was a productive call. Um, and then you mentioned, like, Big Ten mouthpiece Nicole Auerbach who's getting her stuff. You know, as soon as there's something out there, you can count on either the athletic or sometimes the Chicago Tribune. Although yesterday Teddy Greenstein was one saying, you know, he, he feels like – Momentum is building toward having a season, but he was quoting a coach. But, yeah, I mean, then you had Nicole Auerbach coming out and saying, well, the presidents are still against this. The Big Ten did call it a productive call, though, with President Trump. Just unpack all that for me. What do you make of the statements coming out from President Trump in the Big Ten office following the call? Well, first of all, you're dead on with that. Uh, it seems like the Stort Mandels of the world, the Nicole Auerbachs of the world, Pete Thamels of the world are out here. Uh, having peddled the story of the cancellation. And now anytime somebody comes up with, you know, there's a lot of momentum behind the scenes to pick it up. They immediately try to dump cold water on it. Like it's Cal fire working with brush fires. Uh, it, it's, those are some names to remember in the future people, whenever you, 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 you choose your coverage choices of who wants football and who is just being used as a mouthpiece for people who are trying to take football away from you. Uh, second of all, Teddy Greenstein saying that there's momentum behind the scenes is gigantic to me. That may be the biggest thing outside of the, the, the whole call from the president of the United States of America to the commissioner of the Big Ten. Because uh, Teddy was one of those guys who this whole time has been reporting that 
there haven't been much momentum behind the scenes that the presidents don't want to do it. Uh, and that if there's something changing from his perspective, you know, he's one of those people that up to this point has been pretty pessimistic about it. So that is a big deal right there. Uh, but at the end of the day, you had Mitch Daniels yesterday come out and say, have a statement about how he voted no because he thought there were too many uncertainties. And honestly, I would have assumed Mitch Daniels to have been one of the people who voted yes on this. When there was rumors about eight to six votes, Purdue was as solid of a yes as I thought there could be. Mitch Daniels is a former Republican governor of Indiana, and Purdue was the first Big Ten school to announce they were going to have students back on campus. But that hits at the next level, the hypocrisy of this whole disaster, which is that all these Big Ten presidents don't think it's safe to have kids play football, but it's totally safe to have 40,000 students on campus without any controls around each other. So, you know, it, it, it is all hypocrisy, hypo hypocrisy. And at the end of the day, the hypocritical semantics here are beyond belief. We haven't even gotten into the fact that if, if you look at the excuses that they had whenever they made this cancellation, it was concerned about myocarditis, right? Well, the people who wrote that paper have retracted it. It's literally bad science, right? And honestly, like I had people tell me yesterday on Twitter, one life lost is too many. I have an engineering degree from The Ohio State University. I can do math. I would like to share this again with everyone. In the United States, under the age of 25, 300 total people have died from COVID. That is a population of 59.5 million people. That gives you a one in 200,000 chance of having anybody in that age range die of COVID. And your odds of healthier people, such as these college football players dying, is far, 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 far lower. So at the end of the day, I hate to say it, but the reality is there are how many kids every year that die of undiagnosed heart issues playing football? Unfortunately, it happens at all levels of football across the United States, and it's a tragedy. But we don't shut the game down because of it. Um, and then they want to talk about unknown long-term impacts. If any of them cared about long-term impacts, CTE would be dead center in the middle of this discussion. But nobody wants to touch that with a 10-foot pole. So this whole liability concern thing to me is beyond belief because if you want to talk about liability, football's already in a spot where long-term the NFL's being sued for concussion-related issues. So I don't understand this decision. I think there's a lot of momentum behind the scenes from coaches, from players, from families, and just sheer outrage from the donors and the general public that I think they realize they screwed up whether they're willing to do what needs to be done to allow Ohio State and theoretically Penn State to be able to compete for a playoff berth, that remains to be seen. But the momentum is certainly turning here. And it seems like we're continuing. Remember the conversation last week was, oh, Thanksgiving. Now the conversation's, hey, people are thinking October. It's moving in the right direction behind the scenes. Certainly there's been a gigantic rocket boost to this from the interjection of the president. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen next. But I do know what should happen, and that's we should be playing football. No question about it. Now, a lot of Buckeye fans' backs have wondered, well, you know, what did Christina Johnson, the new president at Ohio State, Dr. Christina Johnson, what did she do? Um, she was new. She wasn't even supposed to start her job until, what, two weeks after they actually took this vote. And by the way, it's interesting to me that supposedly this vote took place on August 11th. Everybody was wondering what happened. Um, 
no, nothing at all leaked out. And then all of a sudden the Big Ten's like, oh, voila, we had this vote. It was 11 to 3. But focusing on President Johnson, she's on the record. She did an interview with uh, Channel 4 here in Columbus, the NBC affiliate here in Columbus yesterday. And she says she voted you know, in favor of playing football. It was her. It was Nebraska. It was Iowa. And it, those three were on an island. Um, what do you make of that? Because I know a lot of people were wondering, you know, is, is Dr. Johnson against football here? Do you think this, uh, I don't want to say gets her off the hook, because I thought all along that I don't think she was going to be at blame here. But uh, I think if anything, this makes her look good. What's your take? Well, I can tell you, I, I posted yesterday on Twitter, I said that uh, President Johnson seems to be earning her Buckeye Street cred here. Uh, by advocating heavily for a fall football season. Uh, and then some people looked at that and they said, well, you know, she said that the fall is all the way into December. Well, I don't know about that. But when I posted that, Mark Pantone retweeted it. So it seems like the people in the program who we damn well know want to play agree with that sentiment. So I would tell you right now, she seems like a clear ally for football. She seems like a clear ally for understanding the culture of the university. Uh, we don't know a ton about her yet, but the initial process is if she's one of the three presidents on record who, who, and by the way, they've been saying this from the start at OSU is that they were not in favor of, of pushing to spring. They're in favor of at worst delaying and to, to make the decision a little later on once they had all the facts, which they should have done. That's the prudent decision was to said, Hey, we can't start September 3rd, but we're still aiming for October. We want to make sure we can cover all these risk protocols. We want to see how some of these first couple of games go. That would have been reasonable. That would have been logical. That would have been actually like the decision that you would expect intelligent people who are accomplished in various fields that are difficult in life to make. So President Johnson clearly is one of the only ones who's, who's shown that nuance in their decision-making. Uh, to me, I think we have an ally for football. We have an ally for just understanding what's important at Ohio State. And here's the reality. The rest of the Big Ten at this point, if you're Penn State, if you're Michigan, how can you look at recruits with a straight face and tell them football matters at your university? How are you ever going to recruit against Ohio State, by the way, whenever Ohio State's voting to play and your presidents are voting to fold, right? This goes back to the whole it matters more thing in the SEC. The Big Ten likes to style itself as this, like, this, this scion of academic excellence and the Committee for Institutional Cooperation is far more important than all these silly games that, you know, bring all the marketing and bring all the applications to your university and are generally considered to be the unifying force between a whole disparate groups of, 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 of different departments and various viewpoints. Look, the reality is, is for Big Ten schools, football is the rallying point. And for most people in the country, would you know jack squat about Northwestern University if it didn't have football? Northwestern would be Fordham to the rest of us. We go, where the hell is that, right? Ohio State is Ohio State because it plays football and is internationally famous for it. And all that other stuff that builds for the greatness of the university, it's not because of football. But football has had a strong role in growing the enrollment and international profile of our university. So to all these hoity-toity presidents who are sitting there like, oh, the University of Minnesota, yes, Man, Minnesota's known for hockey and football first to most people. So understand what butters your bread in terms of marketing, in terms of student applications. It's not a coincidence when your school does well at football, you have a giant spike in terms of applications, which is how you pay your bills, as is pretty obvious from all the students that you're putting on campus and saying it's safe, even though your most high-profile students aren't allowed to play the sport that's your best marketing tool. 
So, yeah, Christina Johnson's an ally. Nebraska and Iowa, they're cool. I'm on board with them going a long way in football. It's a shame they're not near better recruiting territory because they're actually kind of schools I want to see succeed because they care about football. But for the rest of this conference, yeah, the SEC, it matters more than it does for Penn State, than it does for Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, Indiana, Purdue, those bum new schools we added in the East, Minnesota, even Wisconsin. We're one of the three that matters, and we can stand up for the country and be able to say that to recruits. The rest of those schools, good luck. You're tainted for a long time. Let's close the show talking some recruiting. Bennett Christian became the sixth commitment in Ohio State's 2022 class. He's a three-star tight end out of Georgia, the number 19 tight end in the country, number 370 overall. Again, class of 2022, young men that are just beginning their junior seasons. Have to think that his rating is going to go up very early for that class. Again, in the number the number 19 tight end, number 370 overall, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. Ohio State has the number two class in the country so far for 2022 with their six commits. They're still number one in the country for 2021, for those that are wondering, barely ahead of Alabama with 19 commits. But they've got their tight end now for the 2022 class, and maybe they'll get a second tight end as well. But Bennett Christian is going to be a Buckeye backs. What are your thoughts? First of all, that's a guy from Ackworth, Georgia, which is where I used to whenever I was down in Atlanta. So that's my old neck of the woods. Uh, they play really good high school football down there. Uh, so be- between, uh, between the fact that this is a kid who we pulled out of the South, who strongly considered it, it, it t- Tennessee, which is a school that he grew up. Uh, let me tell you how, how big of a deal this was that Ohio State won this. His dad played at Tennessee in the 70s when Tennessee was not a joke of a program, but a big deal, Right. Uh, Tennessee was such a big deal in the 70s. They stole Johnny Majors from Pitt. And, that's, and Johnny Majors won a national championship with Tony Dorsett at Pitt before he went to Tennessee. Uh, Christian's, uh, I, I believe his uncle, went, went to Penn State at the same time, right? So you beat out not one but two legacy ties to bring this kid to Ohio State, right? And reality is, uh, I, I think this is a massive get for Ohio State. Now, it's interesting in that he didn't have a lot of the major Southern schools offering him, such as Georgia, like Georgia Tech offered him, but there's no Auburn, there's no Alabama, but maybe they knew. I don't know, to be real honest, but this is a big time pickup. It's a kid they pulled from the South. And, you know, what did I just say here? Ohio State's going to be able to stand up before kids down South and tell them, hey, we care about football. Penn State's not. Well, look what happened. It was Penn State. Ohio State and Tennessee right around the time of the cancellation of this kid when he made his visits, then guess what happened? Penn State came out as not being behind it, and they weren't in the final two. And I, 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 I don't want to use just one kid as an example, but we're going to see a lot of this where, you know, Ohio State's going to be able to go down south and still pull kids. And it's going to open a bigger gap as years go on between Ohio State and the rest of the league, and there's already a big enough gap. So from a big-picture perspective, this kind of confirms what I, I remembered uh, sort of seeing uh, in terms of and what I expect to see from from the way things are going down south. Now, for everybody who's panicking here at this point, going, well, he's a three-star kid. I don't know. Is this, is this a reach? Blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm going to give you a little insight here. He's the 26th rated player in Georgia for the 2022 class. 24-7 sports and a lot of the services haven't really ranked a lot of the 2022 kids beyond the top 247. Well, in the 2021 class, the number 26 player in the state is a four-star rated player in the top 300. So let's, let's 
let, let this sort of shake out. If Ohio State's willing to take a kid this early, he's going to end up being a pretty big-time prospect. The kid has the frame and the bloodlines to do it. This is a really good get for Ohio State. It's nice to see Ohio State continue their hot streak on the recruiting trail. And that's what's going to happen as long as Ryan Day's here. So let's get football back so Ryan Day can actually try to coach a team that has a chance to win the national championship this fall. And honestly, Dave, the way things are moving, we're recording this podcast at 8 a.m. on Wednesday because we didn't know what the heck was going to happen last night, so we couldn't pre-record. And by the time noon rolls around, who knows what's going to happen? Zolar of North Mars may arrive with the cure for coronavirus and tell the Big Ten to start playing. We just don't know. That's the way 2020 has gone at this point. But there's certainly a lot of twists and turns to come for sure because there are every single day. So stay locked on Bucknuts, guys. We have a lot more good stuff coming, I'm sure. Yeah, as long as we have Big Ten football, Ohio State football this fall, I don't care how it happens. Let's just uh, make it happen. Great stuff from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you, Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there. Have a great day, Bucknutters. here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.